0: and welcome to misfits on vinyl my name is spencer strikert i am an actor comedian and one of your hosts
1: my name is aaron i am also one of your hosts
0: aaron is also an actor sometimes
1: yeah you never know you
0: never know he might maybe potentially be making his calgary debut (laughs) not my debut but my return your return well okay but debut in that it's like not a school project That's true that's uh, a non-school
1: project. <laughs> okay, that's fair. We did that fucking
0: really weird <laughs> yeah. show that one time. Yeah, and yeah, it was
1: a storybook for a while. Oh, right. I forgot about that. But to be clear, it's only one region of my body is going to be in the scene. <laughs> it's uh, his behind a hole in the wall. Yeah. yeah.
0: You're going to put your butthole up against the hole. Yeah. And then you fart, and that's the whole. That's it's, the it's, it's performance art. It's a good bit. It's yeah. a good bit.
1: I've been working on it for the past three years. Honestly, it's amazing. I didn't yeah. realize that you could fart on command until then. It took time. It's like, cue the Rocky montage. <laughs> it took a lot of training. <laughs> um, a lot of beans. <laughs> uh, um, quite a bit of beans. I've learned all the beans that ever were to exist. Like kidney beans? And pinto
0: beans. And pinto beans? Yeah, some black beans. Black beans? Red beans? Yeah. Red kidney beans, Favre beans, some 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 Heinz baked beans. Yes. Did you know that uh, if you're making nachos, mm-hmm. to not put Heinz baked beans on top of them? You know what? You I, I I d-
1: <laughs> can't say I thought about that, but you know what? I would probably put two <laughs> and two together that that wouldn't be the move. I uh, I found that out during the pandemic. Yeah. I tried to make nachos for Siobhan, and
0: yeah. I thought that putting baked beans on top of them. In the oven? I couldn't imagine
1: living with you during the <laughs> pandemic. That's, that's horrendous. Poor Siobhan. Did her stomach ever recover? <laughs> like, I mean, I don't know if mine ever did. <laughs> no, I was going to say Siobhan's just, just shaking her head over there. Yeah, I, I, was gonna I say, will
0: say this. I ate the whole fucking thing. <laughs> I stubbornly was like, I'm... Yeah. That's true. Siobhan <laughs> did as well. She was trying That's to be nice. Love, That's love, guys. That is love. Yeah. Love is getting uh, gastrointestinal problems. Speaking of food, yes. I have a story for you. Ooh.
1: So I ordered some Vietnamese food um, with Sarah, and we got a bunch of like other stuff, like appetizers. I was fucking full before I even got to my vermicelli. I was like, sweet, I got lunch tomorrow at work. Can't wait. <laughs> Uh, So excited, I have like 75% of my (laughs) vermicelli left (laughs) in my takeout container. I was like, this is amazing. So I stick it in the fridge, go to bed, I wake up the next morning, and I'm going to grab my lunch, feed the cat, and I open the fridge and vermicelli noodles flip over and I have them all over my toes. Oh, no. <laughs> and they were slimy from fish sauce and oh. hoisin sauce. So I had, yeah, I had fish sauce and hoisin sauce all over my toes and I had to scoop the noodles up. <laughs> <laughs> I like scooped them back into the container and put the container back in the garbage. Of course, across my mine I was like, can I still take it? But I was like, no, probably, <laughs> probably not. Um, then I scooped it back in the container and then I had to like wipe the floor. I was Already running late for work, so I'm like going to wash my hands and then eventually wash my feet. And I look down and my cat is <laughs> sniffing <laughs> my feet, like huffing my toes, <laughs> um, dude, because of the fish sauce. Your
0: cat definitely thought I could probably eat this, right? Yeah. Now. Oh
1: yeah, he was like fucking huffing my toes, and this was with long. The noodles were long gone. They were just oh, dude. there was just fish sauce remnants. But I was washing my hands, was like. <laughs> And I look down, the cat's fucking huffing my toes. That man. is so fucking funny. So it was a little tragic. It was, it was actually Friday morning. It was kind of a tough start to a Friday. Yeah, fucking uh, Fridays, am I right? Fridays. Fridays. The Somebody's got the case of the Fridays. Someone's got a case of the Fridays. <laughs> the yeah, Fridays on my fleets. But that's, the, uh, that's my little mishap in the kitchen this week. Dude, that's really unfortunate. Yeah, I am so sucked. sorry. It sucked. I was more like... Sad, cause like I literally like did out the percentage of how much Vietnamese food I had left. I was like, oh, there's so much left, like a good like seventy five. Oh man, yeah, I ate I ate one shrimp skewer, and there was still all the beef, oh all the chicken, and all the noodles, that's and all the so vegetables depressing. too. Yeah, it was depressing. That's really fucking sad. Yeah, I'm sorry. Sorry to kill the vibe. No, that's okay. <laughs> I uh,
0: I had uh, I was trying to think of like interesting food I had this week or any food stories. Uh, yesterday I had Dairy Queen. That was pretty... Like food, not ice cream. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah, like I had a flamethrower burger. Nice. And then I ran into somebody that I knew, like, Mm. there, like, at the Dairy Queen. (laughs) And, uh, as I was talking to them... Uh, my order came up, and they were like, oh, you got the burger? I was just getting nuggets. I was like, yeah, I like to have diarrhea later. And then I left, and then I realized, I'm like, I don't know this person, like, well enough to make the <laughs> normal comments that I make around my friends. So this person, the last thing that they've ever heard me
1: say is, yeah, you know, I like to have diarrhea later. I mean, I feel like they do, too, because they knew what's the go-to at Dairy Queen for non-dairy-related products, yeah. Which,
0: uh, honestly, like, uh, well, I I would say that the Flamethrower Burger is dairy-related. Yeah, I guess there's cheese on it. There's a lot of cheese. There's
1: beef. Mm. Beef is a type of dairy. Mm. They used to bring them in for (laughs) when I was at, when I was in high school, we used to have a TA lunch um, every week, right? Someone would have to bring in lunch, and like probably two or three times a year, someone would bring in Dairy Queen burgers because they were always 89 cents a burger. (laughs) And it was, like, always burnt. (laughs) Always nasty. Oh, God. Yeah, Yeah, the buns were always hard in places they shouldn't be hard in, yeah. Did you ever
0: have, like, we used to have it, uh, because I went to a small town high school, Mm -hmm. we'd have, like, uh, like, uh, pizza or like hot dog days like there'd be like a barbecue day so you'd bring like a fucking toonie no and you'd get a get a hot dog nice and you'd fill it out beforehand like a week before you'd put in your order and then they'd go <laughs> and get all their fucking uh, hot dogs and uh, the gym teacher would be out there, like, flipping fucking I mean, dogs. I
1: your, your high school is so small, it's probably, like, one pack of hot dogs. <laughs> it was literally almost <laughs> one. Half half a pound of beef. Except it was <laughs> kindergarten to grade 12. No, okay.
0: Yeah. yeah. I, 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 I was in one of those schools. Lots of options for prom. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're not far <laughs> off, though. That's... Because once you eliminate the people that you're related to, yeah. and that's only if you care enough Kay. about that.
1: Speaking of that, that's funny because I met this girl when I was living in Toronto. She was friends with my buddy's girlfriend. She was Icelandic, Ooh. and she showed me the dating app the the app yeah. that actually tells you if you're related or not. Yeah, she was showing us at the table. She was like, "Yeah, so like when I go back to Iceland, anytime you meet somebody, you like scan their QR code, and it tells you if you're if you're related or not." Wow! Yeah, man.
0: What a, <laughs> Dude, what that's, a time. Gotta, that's gotta be so fucking unfortunate too. Like well, well, your options are limited. Well, you're it's like, great
1: if you find out you're related. You got a match. That's it's true. Perfect. But wow. what if the only match that you have is Helga? Yeah, it's true. Helga. I don't know if they name people Helga. She's a tough lady. Yeah. She comes <laughs> out and it hits the wood from Rekovic. Rekovic. <laughs> I think there's a clut in there. I think it's just Rekovic. Rekovic. Yeah. <laughs> we'll go with that. We'll go with that. But anyways, yeah, they have to use this Bjork! Kind of dating app. Bjork. Bjork. Bjork, yeah. Bjork. Dancer in the
0: dark. I honestly <laughs> could not tell you a single
1: Bjork song. No, I was actually named a movie she was in. Ah, yeah. Lies I uh, I thought
0: that Bjork was a was a was a man until right now. <laughs> so I'm learning a lot.
1: Yeah, Bjork is a woman. Ah, yeah. That's interesting. There's a really great video of her. Um, punching a paparazzi. <laughs> that's, that's how, you can also look that up in
0: your spare time. I, I definitely want to look that up now. Uh, okay, before we get into... I, I have something special off yes, the top here. But before we you. get into this, uh, I just want to say a couple of things. I was in... Uh, uh, this weekend, I was in Okotoks on Friday night at Hubtown Brewing. I brought 60 stickers and I ran out of all of them. Amazing. Like, everybody came up and was like, I'll fucking take a sticker. So, uh... And and if they didn't come up and say that, I was like, hey, do you want one? And they're like, yeah. And then they were like, oh, you have a podcast? I'm going to check that out. So... Nice. got some got some Okotokes fans hopefully we have some new listeners hello hello Okotokes I am oka stoked on you uh, <laughs> and then uh and then last night I was at railyard Brewing nice uh and both these shows uh were with a uh, friend of the show uh uh Brittany Lysing. nice shout out Brittany shout out Brittany and then also uh the amazing uh Lisa Baker who I mm. I'm sure uh, like people will probably have seen her on TikTok. she's like she's a new woman that like Goes on fucking rants on TikTok nice. and they're fucking hilarious, nice. and she destroys people in the comments. Um, dude, she fucking killed. But when I got on stage in the front row, I recognized this dude. Mm-hmm. I was like, who the? F-? I was like, oh shit! It was the guy. Do you remember like, uh, like during the pandemic, there was a guy that got really big on, on TikTok for uh, like, and his his handle was Calgary Mayor Elect, Josh. Josh yeah, Josh. dude. I don't know. Oh, don't my know God. He had the fucking best videos. He would call Jason Kenny Ken, babe. And like he'd like he'd. Me. Yeah. He was so fucking cool. And he'd like shit on everyone. Like nice. uh, it was it, like he was honestly like he's like super fucking anti bigot and stuff. And just like one of the funniest creators on the platform, mm-hmm. though. But during the. So he was talking to us afterwards. And I was like, honestly, dude, like, I'm a huge fan. I'm like, I I was like, I can't believe you, like, Mm -hmm. you threw me off when I saw you sitting in the front row, right? Uh, But he was like, uh, apparently, he had to stop doing TikTok during the trucker convoy because he got doxxed? No,
1: he just, not during the convoy. Oh. like, Like, three weeks ago, he got sued, and in the lawsuit, like, his wife's name, his kid's name, his home address were in it on public record, which isn't supposed to happen, but the, like, lawsuit purposely put it in there. Oh, fuck. People were going to his house, like, egging it and shit, so he had to, like, get off social media,
0: and he's moving right now. Oh, fuck. Damn, dude, that's okay, fucked up. Okay, I did not know that part. I, I only knew that, like, he got, uh, I only knew that he got docs because they were apparently phoning, like, his work, mm. and his work didn't care. They were like, whatever. But then they started phoning his wife's work, and like threatening her at work. Like That's it, fucked up. Yeah, man. death threats yeah. and shit. Like it's fucking insane. And like uh yeah, so that's super fucked. But uh Josh said that he was gonna listen uh to the pod, so I wanted to give him a shout out. And also out Josh Josh is gonna come to tea house at some point and do stand up, and Ooh, I'm super excited cool. about that. That's so cool. I was like I, I like I said to him, I was like, I don't give a fuck. Like you can you can come do whatever you want there. Like I was like, it would honestly be great and like uh yeah, I will kick anybody the fuck out who comes to cause
1: problems. Man, I don't give a shit. that's so wild that people fucking go that far with shit. Uh, I yeah. can't imagine, I'm man. Sure there's still a GoFundMe going because of his moving expenses, so I, we can link that. Oh, shit. Okay, yeah. yeah.
0: We'll we'll absolutely do that. Because, yeah, him and his wife are both super cool. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it was so funny because I was like – like, it literally threw me off seeing them in the front <laughs> row just because I was like – fuck and then i like it put a little bit of pressure on me because i was like i gotta be really funny now mm, you know mm, like i was mm. like i was like oh fuck and it was like because i could only really see his face um okay uh before uh, i'm gonna say it at the end of the episode two tickets for my tour uh first date uh may 13th in invermeer at arrowwood mm. brewing tickets are on sale now tickets are already selling so Invermere, get your tickets soon uh, if we sell out the uh, the one show, we'll probably add a second one. Nice. Uh, and so, yeah, please uh, help us sell it out. It's gonna be fun uh, doing that one with Gabby Rose. Mm-hmm. Gabby's fucking hilarious, Gabby and uh, Siobhan as well. Siobhan's nice. gonna come. Uh, so it's gonna be it's gonna be a good one. It's gonna be my first time back in Invermere since I lived there in wow. two thousand and six
1: throwback throwback um one one thing i wanted to say too we were discussing internally um about a really strong call to action so call to action Mm. um if you guys have anything you want to see on the podcast any albums you want us to review message us on instagram email us um stalk us yeah uh, carry your pigeon whatever the fuck you want to do yell at me on the street yeah yell at me please (laughs) i i I actually really like that so um uh, please yeah, let us know if anything you guys want to see you want us to do um obviously within limits I you know can only get so naked um on YouTube so and, yeah, but when we have a patreon mm-hmm. <laughs> if you want us to.
0: We'll jerk off on it. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I have no qualms about that. Uh, Fair enough.
1: (laughs) If Howard Stern can get away with shit on fucking terrestrial radio, then I feel like we can get away with shit on Patreon. Fair enough. But yeah, Uh, please, please let us know anything you guys want us to see slash do. We would love to hear your feedback.
0: We would love it. All right. Before we get into the album. Yes. I did something this week. So I'm ready with all of the AI stuff. I thought it'd be interesting to, like, throw our shit into, like, an AI generator and see Mm -hmm. what comes up, right? And so I got a few episode descriptions that I thought were fucking amazing. All right, I'm ready for this. All right, so first one. An episode of Misfits on Vinyl where Spencer and Aaron talk about Pink Floyd's The Wall and the music of Pink Floyd. This episode is sponsored by the Muffin Man. To learn learn more about him, visit the website at muffinfun.com. This episode was produced by the Muppets. Show support. Your purchase helps support the podcast and allows us to keep bringing you bonus content, interviews, and more. We're committed to sharing the wealth. Please support our Patreon account by using the link at the top of the page. Nice. That was the first one, and nice, I was like, I like that, one. "That was pretty great." <laughs> I, I love the fact that it was brought to us by the Muffin Man. Brought
1: to us by the Muffin Man. And
0: and I did not know that Sam was a Muppet until <laughs> right then. I was yeah. like, "That's pretty cool." I mean, to be fair,
1: <laughs> <laughs> you guys haven't seen it. He could very well be a be a Muppet. I will say this: he does he does look like.
0: Swedish chef. Yeah, and and, and he fucking, he's Swedish chef Serpa. We've,
1: revi- we've revived Jim Henson. <laughs> he's producer of our podcast. Honestly, that's why they're shooting Fraggle Rock in Calgary. My favorite part is when the Muppet tries to, like, control the camera and set up the tech with his little hands. <laughs> they just kind of fold back like yeah. it's made out of felt or something. When he's, like, opening the lens, it's like...
0: And honestly, like the rods, you'd think that that would help yeah. them, give them some stability. It no, doesn't. no, it doesn't.
1: All right, here's the second description. <laughs> yeah, okay, I'm ready.
0: An episode of Misfits on Vinyl, where Spencer and Aaron talk about Mozart, and Spencer has a breakdown of Mo- of Moz's the pi- ma- the magic flute. Aaron has an episode about Pink and the magic. Spencer talks about the Pink. Pink is the best band ever. And then Aaron talks Pink in general. Then Spencer goes on to talk the Beatles. An episode.
1: An episode. <laughs> okay this this week we should have this do our do our descriptions for Instagram and for Spotify <laughs> this is just way better than any of the show we can write honestly together. this is so fucking good
0: <laughs> okay so this one I was actually surprised I used a different uh uh one for this last one Okay, I'm ready and it gave us a pretty fucking like good one all right I'm ready Spencer and Aaron were talking about REM on their vinyls in a passionate yet casual manner mm. debating the intricate intricacies of the band's sound. <laughs> Spencer detailed how the bouncy guitar melodies combined with Michael Stepp's earnestly emotive lyrics evoked an indelible sense of nostalgia. Well, Aaron argued that the deeply layered production offered a rarefied sophistication unmatched by most pop acts. As they discussed these <laughs> di- disparate elements uh, and others, both men were enthused to dive deeper into the sounds of R.E.M., representing an intriguing output for their vinyl session.
1: (laughs) Why was that more in-depth than anything we've ever (laughs) said on this podcast? How come that was way better than anything that's come out of our mouths? (laughs) The intricate intricacies. (laughs) Uh, the, the layered production. I don't think we've ever gotten that in depth before. I don't think so either. I yeah. think I think we generally talk about uh, emotion. Yeah, we're like, do we like it? Yeah, it was yeah, good. Sounds yeah, good. <laughs> out of ten, we're gonna, everything gets an eight. Everything's eight <laughs> out of ten. <laughs> we're the Louis B. Hobson of music yeah. reviews. Well, it's just <laughs> it's you know, the music is the framework of our podcast, but we just kind of, you know... We kind of fuck around. Fuck around, yeah,
0: exactly.
1: Oh, that was amazing, man. That was a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, I, I did that at like two in the morning the other day. Uh, that was a lot of fun, man. I was, was laughing so hard at the Muffin Man one. The Muffin
1: Man one. <laughs> Uh, yeah that last one was better than anything we could have ever written a hundred percent it mm. was it was
0: so good although i will say this i would never willingly review an aria <laughs> album so i feel shiny
1: like... happy people <laughs> oh, <God>. holding hands
0: <laughs> that's me in the spotlight mm. losing my religion I feel like
1: i do like orange crush Do you? I got my spine, I got my orange crush. Oh, right, I forgot about that song. That's like, anytime I drink an orange crush, I'm like, oh, got my spine, that's good, still Ah, there, still there. How often do you drink orange crushes? Not as often as I once did. (laughs) (laughs) I was really a big orange crush fan. I liked the crushes. Um, Fun fact, they make crush in Newfoundland, so there were some specific... Flavors. Did you have the pineapple? Fresh, yes. Yeah. Uh, that were only available in a couple different places in Canada. They also had birch beer. I don't know if any people have had birch beer, but it's like I've but... only had aspen ale. Mm. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> uh, sometimes when I listen back to the podcast, um, I like catch things you say, <laughs> and I'm like, did I willingly ignore that, or did I just not notice? <laughs> I I honestly, I always think
0: it's kind of willingly, and I'm like, that's fair. <laughs> but I,
1: I love it so much. Uh, all right, that's awesome. That's, right. Uh, shall we? We
0: shall. Let's all right. do the thing. So every episode on Misfits on Vinyl, we review an album. Yep. Sometimes it's one of our favorites. Sometimes it's a popular one. Sometimes it's one that a guest chooses. And this week, it was just one that I happen to have in my collection. <laughs> nice. So uh, this week, we are reviewing on Misfits on Vinyl. Steve Winwood's "Talking Back to the Night." Woo!
1: Woo-hoo. Woo! Woo-hoo. Woo-hoo. Yeah! Woo-hoo. Yes. Steve. yes, Steve!
0: Steve! Steve! Stevie boy. Okay. Uh. All right. So this album was released on August second, nineteen eighty-two, mm. by Island Records. It's an electro/synth-pop album. It's his third studio album as a solo artist. Uh, Winwood did all of the instruments and vocals with his ex wife, Nicole Weir, providing some backing vocals. Mm-hmm. Winwood also produced the album, but it was engineered by John Nobby Clark. <laughs> Who <laughs> I, I looked this up, okay?
1: Is his name really Nobby? It's really, it,
0: that's his like stage How's name. How's it spelled? N O B B Y. Okay, that's how I thought it was going to be spelled. And you know what's weird? <laughs> uh, when I Googled him, because he didn't have a Wikipedia page, yeah. uh, <laughs> so I had to do some deeper dives. Um, one of the first things is why is Nobby a nickname for Clark? <laughs> Apparently, that's a common thing. I didn't know that. I didn't either. You can
1: start calling me Aaron Wobbly Walsh. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I I want going for. Aaron Wobbly Walsh. (laughs) Spencer's sobby striker. (laughs) Sobby? Yeah. Sobby? I don't know. I'm just coming up with stuff.
0: Spencer. uh, uh, No, I can't think of anything.
1: It's okay, we don't need to go with the nicknames because I don't want to be known as Wobbly and I certainly wouldn't want to be known as Nobby.
0: Yeah, I mean, the only thing I can think of is Spanker because that's been like my yeah. nickname for years, and I don't. I, I, I personally am like
1: friends what did can you, call me Would you hate that I used to call you, Spenny. Spenny, yeah, I,
0: yeah, I hate Spenny. Yeah there's one Spenny that ruined it for everyone. <laughs> I didn't even
1: know it was a nickname for Spencers until Kenny versus Spenny. So mm, I used to call you Spenny and I used to drive you crazy. Yeah. I'd like do it sometimes on purpose and then I'd see Spencer like boil
0: up. <laughs> so did uh so did fucking uh uh Mihai. Yeah. Mihai used to do it
1: too. He'd be like Spenny bud, how's it going? And you would fucking, <laughs> and I'd be like, you would boil off, and then like probably like a week later, you'd be like, hey man, like I really hate it when you call me Spenny. It's so <laughs> annoying. I fucking hate Spenny. It's and the then worst. it just like kind of encouraged me to keep doing it.
0: I know because as soon as you tell somebody not to do something, yeah, that's the thing you want to do. That's all like, I'm thinking about. Yeah. Uh no, I totally agree. So John Nobby Clark, <laughs> yes, <laughs> primarily worked with Winwood on his solo projects, but he also played piano on the mm-hmm. jazz albums Ray Ellington's Talk of the Town and Bruce Adams Quartet 1 Foot in the Gutter. Uh so he worked a lot in like and he he was also like a live jazz musician. Nice. Uh Steve Winwood co-wrote all the tracks with Will Jennings. Uh, now, Will Jennings is known for writing the lyrics for Eric Clapton's Tears in Heaven. Nice. And Celine Dion's My Heart Will Go On. Oh, so very uh, very good in the tear-jerking songs. Very good in the tear-jerking mm-hmm. songs. Uh, also very, like, I would probably say two of the most iconic songs mm-hmm. of all time. Definitely up there, I,
1: I, would, I would say so. Definitely
0: up there. Uh, he's won two Grammys, two Golden Globes, and two Oscars, uh, obviously for My Heart Will Go On. But then in 1983 with Buffy St. Marie for writing the song Up Where We Belong performed by Joe Cocker uh, for the movie An Officer and a Gentleman. Mm. So uh, very, very funny that that was like right around the same time he was doing this. Now, a, a real weird one. So photography for like promo for the album and everything was done by Lynn Goldsmith who is a multidisciplinary artist and producer working in a shit ton of mediums. Like she was a film director. She was a Mm -hmm. recording artist. Uh, in 1972, she directed ABCs in concert. And after directing a documentary piece on grand funk railroad, uh, she ended up becoming their manager. For a few years. Uh, but recently she's been in huge legal battles with the Warhol Foundation over the use of her images. Ooh, interesting. Uh, and this is an ongoing case and the decision is due in May. Basically what happened was in the 80s she took a bunch of pictures of prints for Vanity Fair. Yeah. And then Warhol took all of her pictures and did a Prince collection. Mm. And... Then the Warhol Foundation has been making money off of it now, like, you know, for years, for years. And she was like, hey, that's like not cool because that's my shit. And they're like, no, it's fair use because he changed the images enough. And so she sued them, lost the first lawsuit, but then it went to a court of appeals and she won the two court of appeals. Interesting. So, uh... What's crazy about it, like, we're going to have to keep an eye on this because it actually has, like, a lot to do with, like, the, the fair use thing in mm-hmm. general. But one of the things that could be an outcome of this is that um, she will get back paid for, like, fuck tons of years yes. from from this. Which I think, honestly, I've kind of always been under the belief that if you take a photo and then somebody uses it, For their art. Like, even if they change it a fuck down, Mm -hmm. if they're making money off of it, they should be paying you something.
1: Yeah, I, I would agree. I mean, even, like, on small things, like, even we were discussing recently about, oh, we get someone to make up a logo for when we do merch. Of course... They're going to get a cut. Yeah, they, they made, have they to made, cut. They, they made the logo. Yeah. It's, you know, they might have not done the complete design, but you use an aspect of their design in our design. You have to compensate. You have to compensate. It, make, it makes sense. I know art sometimes can be weird. Like, I mean, Warhol is known for doing this, so yeah. it's not anything like, I don't know if you've ever seen his stuff with Basquiat. No. He's got like, they, they collabed and it was like Basquiat does his grand fucking painting and like. It's just over top of like a Warhol Campbell soup. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's oh, like but it's a collab, <laughs> but it's like Basquiat did a, like, you know, I mean, not that his uh, I mean, his paintings weren't incredibly detailed, but they were <laughs> certainly um, considered high art. So it's like, you know, uh, they had this weird little mm-hmm.
0: visual artists are weird, man. Mm-hmm.
1: like like Warhol's an odd dude you get the, it's tough to get the art thing dude sometimes like I mean when we go to when me and Sarah go to New York we're gonna go to all these museums and I remember when I was in Toronto I went to the the AGO quite a bit and like half the time I'm just staring at it like trying to think of anything <laughs> 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 it's like like I do see art and I'm like oh wow that's beautiful but then sometimes you see some shit it's like oh okay like, interesting enough.
0: a oh, 100%. And, like, and, and honestly, like, most of the time, the things that I think are cool probably have no fucking meaning. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? I'm just, like... Well, some
1: things will catch you. Like, I like I was looking at a Monet, and it was really cool. Like, all the different little fucking dots and how it makes a full painting. I believe it's pronounced money. Money. Okay, yeah. I was looking at money, which, of course, my eyes went big. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, no. Like, some art, yes, you can you can appreciate it. And like, I seen the starry night. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, the, the quintessence of memory or whatever, like the melting clock one, uh, it's like this, it's small. Really? It's really small. Um, I can, can say it's probably like, like a five by six. Really? It's tiny. It's super super small. Yeah, I, I walked by it and I was like, "Huh?" I was like, "Oh, wait a minute! <laughs> like, that's like one of the most famous paintings um, to ever exist, dude." That's so crazy. Yeah. Did you know?
0: Uh, uh, this is like because my favorite painting uh, is uh, Edvard Munch's The Scream. Yes, and uh, there's five different versions of it that are all technically the original. Really, that's weird. Uh, he did them like he did he did that painting like five different times. The first one didn't hit. Second one didn't hit. Third one didn't hit. Mm. Fourth one hit. Fifth one, he was like, I'm going to redo it again. <laughs> like, it was very weird.
1: That is strange. Ah, well, one day we'll dive into the art world. Misfits yeah. on Canvas. Misfits on Canvas. Yeah. Coming to you in 2024. We will tour some art museums and say <laughs>
0: what's good and what's bad. Honestly, that would be so funny if we just, like, went to an art museum and asked people, like, what do you think of
1: this? Well, I'll be going to the MoMA, and I'll be going to the Met, and I'll be going to the Museum of Natural History. The Met is different, though. The Met has, like, a lot of historical artifacts. Yeah. It's a little different, but the MoMA is just straight modern art. I, I think I've mentioned this before, but, like, one of
0: my favorite things to do when I'm on the road is going to, like, yeah. small-town <laughs>
1: museums and just finding
0: out weird shit. Like, so, sometimes
1: they have museums about the most random as fuck and stuff. Oh, you my be, God. Yeah.
0: There's a fucking Gopher Museum, like, an hour outside of Calgary. Oh, that's kind of worth going to. Yeah, like, we should do it on our... I- Oh our on our uh uh trip i'd go for you'd that you'd go for that yeah I'd uh, go for that yeah you're uh, wearing off on me
1: i'm wearing off on you yeah like you're i'm becoming like you like Doing You're becoming wor- like me? Yeah, I'm doing wordplay. You're doing wordplay? <laughs> yeah, I am doing wordplay. You are doing wordplay. Speaking of wordplay, we should play with the words that are on the screen. <laughs> Instead uh, of doing
0: fucking Meissner exercises. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes. Wordplay, wordplay. Um, okay, so the artwork <laughs> uh, for the album was done by Tony Wright, mm-hmm. who is an award-winning graphic designer who created over 57 album covers, mm, including the Ramones' Subterranean Jungle. Okay. The B-52's B-52 is B-52, and Bob Marley's Natty Dread. Nice. Uh, his artwork for Traffic's 1971 album, The Low Sparks of High-Heeled Boys, and Steve Winwood's Arc of a Diver are listed among Rolling Stone's 100 Greatest Album Covers. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So, so he's done all of Steve Winwood's albums, He too. gets art. He gets art. Yeah. He, he's he's, uh, he's very in touch with the art.
1: Very in touch
0: very with in the, touch, uh, with he's the art. Uh. He's artistic. Uh, he's an artista. Uh, artisanal. Nice. Okay, artisanal bread. <laughs> about the artist. Uh Steve Winwood was born May 12th, 1948 in handsworth Birmingham, England. Mm-hmm. At just 4 years old, he began playing piano, well interested in swing and dixieland jazz and soon started playing drums and guitar. He was also excuse me. He was also a choir boy at St John's Church of England. At it uh At only eight years old, he started playing with his semi-professional musician father and his elder brother, Muff, in the uh, Ron Atkinson Band. (laughs) Muff later recalled that when Steve began playing regularly with them in licensed pubs and clubs, Mm -hmm. the piano had to be turned with its back to the audience to try and hide him because he was so obviously underage. (laughs)
1: Uh, the names today are great. Muffin <laughs> Nobby. Yeah, that's great so far. There's some really great names. <laughs> There's a few other good names
0: in here. Don't worry. I can't worry. wait. I can't about wait. To some, about to hit some good ones. Okay. I mean, they're well-known ones. But, uh, okay, well, still a pupil at Great Bar School, uh, like when he was, uh, you know, like 14 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a part of the Birmingham blues rock scene and playing the Hammond C3 organ and guitar. He started backing for blues legends such as Muddy Waters, what
1: the fuck? John Lee Hooker,
0: <laughs> Howlin Wolf, BB King, Chuck Berry, and Bo Diddley on their UK tours. Because back then they wouldn't tour with their whole band. They would just pick up like that's musicians. Cr- that's crazy.
1: Right? We should do some B.B. King sometime. B.B.
0: King is great. I have a B.B. King album. There's
1: a fucking legendary clip of him changing a guitar string mid-fucking song. What? So sick, dude. Yeah. Dude, that's insane. Stevie Ray Vaughan's got a clip like that, too. Like, in the middle of performance, like, in about maybe 15 seconds, they they change a string and tune the string and just start fucking jamming. Again. It's incredible. Wow. Yeah, there's one of Stevie Ray Vaughan and one of BB King doing it. It's really cool. That's in, that is actually insane. Yeah. And they're still singing while they're doing it. They're like singing and fucking, like... that
0: is actual multitasking. Yeah. That oh, is, yeah. that is a whole nother it, it's level. Super impressive. That is super impressive. Yeah. So, uh, Steve Winwood modeled his singing after Ray Charles. And at 14, he joined the Spencer Davis group along with his older brother, Muff, who later had success as a, rec- as a record producer, um, after Spencer Davis saw them performing at the Muffy Wood jazz <laughs> as the Muffywood jazz band at a Birmingham pub called Muffy Wood. You can't, you can't make that shit up, dude.
1: Muffywood jazz band. <laughs> the Muffywood jazz band. Uh, I don't know why
0: they would name it that. It's so good. I don't know, know why they would name their son Muff.
1: Yeah, that's his like legal name. That's his legal name. Oh God,
0: Muff. Uh. Personally, if I was named Muff, I'd become an Olympic diver.
1: <laughs> I was like trying to think of <laughs> what it could be short for, but I was like Muffaland, <laughs> Mufford, Mufford, yeah, like, Mufford, Mufford, Mufford,
0: yeah. uh, 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 Muffin. <laughs> the Muffin, Muffin Man. The Muffin <laughs> <laughs> <The> Man. <Muffin laughs> it had the
1: description perfectly. This
0: episode is brought to you by the Muffin Man. His real
1: name is Mervin. Mervin. Oh, so his name is Mervin. Mervin. Mervin <laughs> Muff Winwood. <laughs> what Was it Charles <laughs> Nobby? <laughs> no,
0: uh, John Nobby Charles.
1: John Nobby Charles. Amazing.
0: Ah, uh, you learned something new. <laughs> So the group made their debut at the Eagle, and the subsequently Eagle. <laughs> had a Monday night residency there. Nice. Winwood's distinct high tenor voice and style drew comparisons to Ray Charles very early on. Mm-hmm. Uh, in '64, they signed their first record contract with, I- with Island Records. In '64. '64. Wow. So he's like 15 at the
1: time. That's crazy. Cause yeah. Okay. Yeah. That. I mean, because I always think of him as, like, an 80s artist. Like, yeah. To think that he was in the game for a long time before that. Oh, wait until you hear the fucking crazy th- shit that's about to happen. All right, all right I'm so, ready.
0: So, the Spencer Davis group, uh, they signed, and producer-founder Chris Blackwell later said of Winwood. he was really the cornerstone of Island Records. He's a musical genius, and because he was with Island, all the other talent really wanted to be with Island. The group's first uh, record a single was released 10 days after his 16th birthday. Wow. The group had their first number one single at the end of 65 with Keep on Running. The money from this success allowed Winwood to buy his own Hammond organ, or Hammond organ, and then Winwood co-wrote and recorded the chart-topping hits "Give Me Some Lovin", "I'm a Man". Both with the Spencer Davis Group before Mm. leaving that in '67. Wow, they've actually sold like they had sold millions of records. Like they were crazy. So his first fucking dip into it after being like a backing musician for these big artists, right? Number
1: one records, right? Number one records, and he's just getting out of high school. I mean, shout out to Island Records. We talked about them last week with uh, Nick Drake. Mm -hmm. So there you go. There's a little more background on Island Records. I'm sure we've touched on them before, too, at some point. I'm sure we have. Yeah, but, um, yeah, there's
0: another little connection there. That is so wild. See, mm. this is how we do the podcast. We always find a connection from the previous yeah, it's, uh, episode. Yeah, it's all linear. It's yeah. all linear. Don't worry, we're going to go full circle. Um, okay. <laughs> he then joined forces with guitarist Eric Clapton as part of a one-off group, Eric Clapton and the Powerhouse. Uh, the songs were recorded for uh, Electra. But only three tracks made a compilation album, What's Shaken? Then he met drummer Jim Capaldi, guitarist Dave Mason, and multi-instrumentalist Chris Wood, and they jammed together at the Elbow Room, which was a club in Aston, uh, Birmingham. And this led to his second band, Traffic. Now, Traffic ended up being just as big, if not bigger than... Okay,
1: now I'm, like, I didn't read your fucking thing, but I know Traffic. Yeah. I did not know that was Steve Winwood. Yeah. Okay, now this is all connecting the dots for me, because, yeah, I didn't really do any background in this. I just listened to the fucking album, but I know Traffic.
0: Yeah. So... Traffic was fucking huge.
1: Yeah, Traffic was a big band.
0: So, uh, it gets crazier. It gets crazier. There's Mm -hmm. some fucking really crazy shit that he, that, like, he was a part of. So, early in Traffic's formation uh winwood and capaldi formed a songwriting partnership with winwood writing the music to match capaldi's lyrics the partnership was the source of traffic's material including popular songs such as paper sun the low spark of high-heeled boys and uh outlived the band producing several songs for uh their solo albums Mm. um over the band's history winwood performed the majority of the lead vocals keyboard instruments and guitars uh, and he also frequently played bass and percussion. <laughs> so, <laughs> he's just fucking hitting everything. He's just doing everything for he's the band. everything. doing yeah. like, everything. Uh, so then while he was still in traffic, he was brought in by Jimi Hendrix to play the organ for Voodoo Child on the, what the fuck, Electric dude. Ladyland
1: album. Wow. So
0: this is still, now he's 18. He's worked with fucking
1: basically everyone. This one is very surprising. Right? Yeah, because like, no one really talks about Steve Winwood. Like, if at all. No. That, that's weird. Especially Wild. for all of the like crazy impacts that he's had crazy, on music. That's crazy, So he's on Voodoo Child.
0: He's on Voodoo Child. And then uh, in 69, he formed the super gloop, super gloop, super group <laughs> uh, Blind Faith with Eric Clapton, Ginger Baker, and Rick Grench. Uh, Rick Gretch. The, they was super short-lived uh, because... Eric Clapton was much more interested in their opening act, uh, Delaney and Bonnie and friends. Mm. So Clapton left the band at the tour's end. And then because of like the wariness with like everything else and like he was doing a million things, he ended up leaving traffic uh, and retired to just being a session musician for a few years. Nice. Um, So then under pressure from Island records, he resurfaced with his self-titled first solo album in 1977 which was then followed by his 1980 hit Arc of a Diver, which included his first hit solo, Well, You See a Chance, and Taking Back the Night in 1982, Mm -hmm. or Talking Back to the Night. Um, Both albums were recorded at his home in Gloucestershire, uh, with Winwood playing all the instruments. Gloucestershire. Gloucestershire. <laughs> Gloucestershire.
1: So, so I think you mentioned, too, he's from Birmingham, and he spends a lot of time in Birmingham. Apparently, I'm not saying this because I, I don't know the metrics if we have any listeners in Birmingham, but apparently the Birmingham accent is the worst of all the English accents. I have heard that, too. Yeah, that is a rumor that has gone around. I have um, heard it is very fucking bad. I met someone from Birmingham, and... He didn't seem to have that terrible like terrible of an accent but he was also very well traveled and hadn't lived in Birmingham in a very long time. It sounds like somebody doing a really bad British impression. But for for, for my opinion is if it's worse than a Scouser, you have some serious fucking problems. Oh fuck! Like, the Scousers, <laughs> dude, like are terrible. A fucking fight you, me mate. Ed, me Ed. Me head, Me head. Me fucking head! Yeah, you're, you don't got it, but uh, <laughs> me fucking head! A Scouser. Uh, acts, it hurts. I, I, in I always do this. I always do this. Fucking <laughs> chucking. That's <laughs> the <one> I, when <laughs> I do, uh, do, do a Scouser impression. Come here, fucking chucking. That's the best I can do, um, but yeah, if it's worse than a Scouser's accent, uh, I don't know. But he sings pretty good, so you know he doesn't have the Birmingham accent it, for that. He doesn't
0: but. have it in his, in his singing, which rumor, is amazing.
1: Rumor to be told, it's the worst of all the English accents. It's actually kind of
0: impressive because you don't really hear his accent. It, well, he honestly, he sounds a little bit different in all of these groups. Yeah. Like you, you can't. And I mean, granted, when he was in the Spencer Davis group, he was. Going through puberty, so of course he's fucking... <laughs>
1: his voice is changing. Yeah, he's not sounding exactly the Man, same on what, Give Me Some love. This loving. is incredible so far. I mean, I didn't know all this stuff about Steve.
0: Yeah. Uh, it's It's fucking insane. So in 1986, he traveled to New York for his next album project, uh, where he enlisted the help of a... Uh, bunch of stars to record back in the high life, uh, in the U S and the album was a hit. It topped the billboard 100 with higher love. It -hmm. earned two Grammy awards for record of the year and best pop, uh, vocal performance. And then he embarked on a massive North American tour in support of the album. Uh, when he got done the tour though, he divorced his wife, Nicole Weir, and then moved to Nashville, uh, with his new American wife, Eugenia Crafton. Nice. Uh, However, at the peak of his commercial success, uh he moved from Island Records to Virgin and then released Roll With It and Refugees of the Heart. The album Roll With It and the title track hit number 1 in the US. Uh and then uh his another album with Virgin, Far From Home was officially credited to Traffic, but nearly all the instruments were played by him. Interesting. So this was like right when he was about to do the like reunion with Traffic. Yeah. Um that album broke the top 40 in both the U.K. and the U.S. Mm-hmm. In 94, he reunited with Traffic, recording a whole new album and performing at Woodstock 94. Nice. And then uh, I, I kind of skipped through the rest of it because it was a lot of the same sort of like collaborations and yeah. stuff. But in 2008, he was awarded an honorary doctorate from the Berklee College of Music to add to his honorary degree from Aston University in Birmingham. In 2009, he recorded a live album with Eric Clapton at Madison Square Garden. On the 28th of March, 2012, he was one of Roger Daltrey's special guest stars for an evening with Roger Daltrey and Friends, uh, which was in aid of teenage cancer. And then in 2013... He toured with Rod Stewart, mm-hmm. 2014, with Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Nice. And then in 2020, he was supposed to go on tour with Steely Dan. <laughs>
1: that would have been sick. Dude,
0: that would have been so fucking cool.
1: See, I seen Rod Stewart in concert. Uh would have been in, like, 2009 or 10. Oh, shit. Yeah, man. It was uh, – I didn't – like, I knew Maggie Mae, but my parents dragged me along. It was a good show. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was, like, fucking – punting soccer balls really yeah like and we were this is an Edmonton. We we're at rexall place and he got it way up into the second bowl really he used to be a really really good soccer player he could have gone pro wow yeah but yeah he was just punting he's like fucking 75 years old just drop kicking soccer balls <laughs> okay. so then
0: i got the question then the obvious one oh. do you think he's sexy
1: yeah i think he's got hot legs
0: yeah yeah do you want his body? Yeah, well, tell him, honey. Let him know. <laughs> if you want my body and you think I'm sexy, come on, sugar. Let me know. Let me know, baby. All right, getting into the notable tracks here. Uh, Valerie, that's that like Flem. That's the big one. Yeah. Uh, it when initially when this album came out, it was number fifty-one on the UK charts, number seventy on the US Billboard Hot One Hundred. But then in 87, it was re-released and remixed, sort of, but it was more of just, like, re uh, redoing, like, the sounds on mm-hmm. it, like, in terms of, like, re-leveling it, uh, by Tom Lord a- uh, Angle, and that single reached number nine. Uh, on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon, The Roots covered it in 2017 for Bob Odenkirk's entrance. Nice. And a sample of another remix of this called "Call uh, Call on Me which mm. was released in, like 2006
1: yeah Eric Prids yeah, yeah that
0: that uh, sing there that remix was used in Chris Brown's pass out from his 2009 album Graffiti nice so uh, that song has had like a surprisingly long yeah life uh, um,
1: doesn't um, doesn't Kaigo have a remix too of higher love?
0: yes of yeah. higher love yeah, yeah 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 so like and and he's getting a lot of remixes nowadays because of like i think because it's so like fucking of its time mm-hmm. and it's it's very simple to like it, it,
1: it's a basic tempo like all yeah. of all of these songs the call are, on me remix though that was a pretty big fucking hit that like, was a, just uh, by itself like oh yeah minus the chris brown shit which you know we don't have to bring him up ever again. Uh, no, but um, that's a. Quite we had to deb- bring up one each episode. <laughs> yeah, one. One each episode. It. Yeah, but yeah, no, that's um, that's a, we were actually me and Sam. I put it on the way over. I was like, this is a fucking killer remix. Yeah. It's like, you remember this fucking tune? It's yeah. fucking good.
0: Yep. Um. Okay. So the other the other songs on the album that kind of stand out. Uh, big girls walk away. There's a well. There's a candle burning. Uh, well, there's a candle burning is like just like fucking so funny to me because it sounds like it should be in the intro of an '80s rom com, <laughs> and then uh, uh, still in the game and there's a river were both used in Miami Vice. Nice. There was a river. I like that. I didn't mind that track. Yeah, I, 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 I wasn't, uh, I was not opposed to that one. No, um, but <laughs> this album is so of its time, It's dude. so of its Holy time. Holy fuck, man. I, we can answer the does it hold up? No. Yeah, no. Like, yeah, I, absolutely not. Um, Okay, all music, uh, like the aggregate score yes. for this. We're getting into reception now. The mm-hmm. aggregate score for all music sits at a three out of uh, five. Mm-hmm. Initially, it got a two out of five out on the Rolling Stone. Now, here's the thing. I, I mean, we kind of got to... We always got to push back on the Rolling Stone yeah, a little got bit, beef. but I I don't necessarily disagree, but I do feel like it's like a t- like it's it's like a halfway. You know what I mean? Like, mm. it's not good, but it's not bad. It's just very fucking of its time. I don't know,
1: like, it really wanted me to like when I was listening to it, I wanted to get into like a Pontiac Trans Am. And yeah. Like yeah. Like <laughs> rip the sleeves off your shirt. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Fucking
0: cruising down the fucking street at sunset. Mm-hmm. Thinking like
1: beach off to the left. Oh, you know? yeah. Yeah, dude, like,
0: rip your shirt off, play some fucking beach volleyball with the boys thinking about if
1: the fucking Russians are going to nuke us. Yeah. Yeah. It, it definitely put me in that mindset,
0: dude. And, and seeing Reagan everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, yeah. I 100 percent agree.
1: You know, I would be like, yeah, trickle down, trickle down, trickle down. <laughs> uh, OK, so
0: uh, Paul uh, Putterbaugh. Putterbah. Putterbah. <laughs> Another one. <laughs> uh, man, this is a full of weird names. How do you album. spell putterbah? Uh, P-U-T-E-R-B-A-U-G-H. Hmm. Putterbah.
1: That's uh, That's not how I thought the way you pronounce it. I thought it was P u t t e r b a b a h. <laughs> putterbah. 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 <laughs>
0: I like it. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. It's like a Boston soccer player. Butterbah! Mm. Butterbah in the net, butterba.
1: <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, you always got to work in your Boston accent. All right, so
0: Butterba uh, 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 said the album is <laughs> for the most part a bland, easy-listening electro-pop rut. Mm. Uh, Christgau's record guide to the '80s gave it a C. And on Discogs, which I've been doing a lot of our research from Discogs, actually, because they they have, like, pretty detailed, like, you know, uh, if you go through somebody, you can find all of the albums they Mm -hmm. worked on. Um, The user reviews on that gave it 3.48 out of 5. Okay. Um, That's pretty mid. That's pretty mid. Uh, It was number 28 on the U.S. Billboard 200, Mm -hmm. number 6 on the U.K. Albums Chart, number 7 in Norway – It charted basically everywhere, and it was certified gold in Canada. Nice. Now, uh, getting into the criticism here. (laughs) You kind of summed it up pretty well. This entire album just sounds like the soundtrack to a generic 80s sports film. Mm -hmm. And, like, don't get me wrong. There's songs on this that I do have in my, like, rotation. But overall, like, listening to it front to back the other day, I was like, Fuck! Like if I if I didn't actually like know this album, I would I guarantee you not be able to tell the difference between any of these fucking songs.
1: Yeah, that's that's a hundred percent fair. I mean, the only song in all honesty, like I would listen to or have listened to beforehand is Valerie. Yeah, and that's probably the only one I will listen to on a regular basis after this. And and honestly,
0: I think that most of us are listening to the remix. Yeah, like the the eighty seven re release. Yeah. Um, cause one thing that I noticed about it was like, there's, there's a lot of, uh, tinniness in this one, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's not the, uh, it's not the same, but like some,
1: some really sharp synths in that track though, man. Oh yeah. And probably one of the most recognizable, um, you know, So I'm standing there with a hand in my hand. <laughs> Go on (laughs) can't imagine what the fuck are the words. No, I can't be the the one (laughs) with a hand in his arms. Valerie, (laughs) call on me, Valerie. (laughs) They're so pitchy. Oh, Uh, my God. Yeah, no. Thank God we don't do music.
0: No, I, I like, okay, so... (laughs) <laughs> Here's the thing, like, we're gonna get into the rating of this. We already said, like, it doesn't really hold up. There's one song that holds up on mm. this album. Yeah. Um, I would say like, okay, so we go through technical, musical, lyrics, album art, reception doesn't hold up. Blah blah blah. Technical, I mean like it's very of its time. I would have to go pretty fucking low on it.
1: Yeah, I think I, I think it like, in all honesty, if we end up somewhere at like a six and a half or seven like across the board i think is pretty fair. i was
0: thinking five yeah even five i was a. thinking five and yeah. like i like the i was album, trying to be generous
1: like, but you might be right i think like it's like
0: you like going through everything i'm like technical it's like it,
1: it, it sounds way too much like it's time yeah See, because, like, I wanted to be, like, nice because sometimes I shit on the albums, <laughs> but I'm glad we could shit on this one together. No, no, no. Yeah, like, I'm glad we could shit on this one together. Okay. I, although, I will say, I've been getting so many people saying, like, you were wrong about CKY. No, nah, maybe I'll revisit. I did own up to the fact I might have been wrong about Bibio. That's so true. That's true. come back around because, I mean, to to be fair, and, like, as the audience probably knows, it's like we pick an album every single week. Yeah. And sometimes it's hard to digest. An album. In, a, in a whole week and if, yeah. you're, if you're not familiar and and, and
0: also the the cky one that was a episode and we were doing two that day yep and it was also like uh i don't even think we had a whole week that time no, no. we had like three days because that was when i was coming back from toronto so
1: sometimes it can be hard to fully digest an album and certainly there's been albums i've revisited and be like oh yeah like this is really fucking good even like um even though we gave it a good review, the Casey Musgrave one, I'm still listening to that album. Yeah, and it's been like almost a month later, so sometimes it is not enough time for it to sit with us, which is uh, unfortunate with the format. Yeah, but that's uh,
0: you know, and and also we're not uh, you know like we're not like Anthony Fantano, like we're not we're not listening to an album front to back like three times going over, like, each fucking thing and then, like, writing a script no. about it, you know? I-
1: I'm listening to it in the car. I'm listening yeah. to it when I'm playing video games, trying to just get a feel I'm kind of going through my
0: day-to-day life and seeing where it fits in with my day-to-day life, too, mm-hmm. you know? Which, so, I mean, that also – I think that helps with discovering some types mm-hmm. of music, and I think it also hinders others, you know what I mean? Like, because I listen to a lot of music when I'm, like, walking places or if I'm, like, going to the gym. And, uh, uh, so if I'm like, if I'm listening to an album in the gym and it's a fucking slower album, Mm
1: -hmm. I
0: am not going to be as into it, you know?
1: Yeah. So certainly that can affect ratings. Like I said, I'm, I have owned up in the past and said, you know, actually I have to correct myself. I did really like that album. So maybe CKY, um, i will warm up to at some point honestly really haven't listened to it much since then. <laughs> uh, but i don't think this album the Steve no Wynn this album one is one that i will really warm up to i don't
0: think so either like and and like i said before i do really like the album but i also am like i'm kind of a uh a, 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 an 80s fuckhead you know like well, there's, i there's i'll much, listen to stupid, There's much
1: better synth pop yeah. records from the 80s and you know there's better i mean you could say valerie is one of the Best synth pop tracks of the 80s. Because yeah. I but, think it's
0: been listed on like, uh, like the re release was listed on like Rolling Stone's like top 100 yeah. songs of the 80s, you know? Yeah. Like, so
1: that, that certainly could fall into that category. But the rest of the songs, they're really, yeah. they're not, they don't even come up on radio, on an 80s radio station. No. Yeah. So. so
0: technical, I would go, I would honestly go like three out of 10. Three out of 10. I'd okay. go three out of 10. Musical, I'd go probably six or seven out of 10 be- since he did everything himself. Yeah.
1: That you got to give him respect and, for i will go i like, will go a I'll go a six, six point five. Yeah. For his because I mean, even that's something he's done through all of his career. So but And know, his voice is still amazing. He does have a great voice. Like he's so. got an amazing voice. It's unique too. I mean, it's not a voice that you would hear in popular radio nowadays. You can certainly hear the church um sort of Yeah, uh, growing up singing in a church sort of thing. He's got a very big um you know and he's
0: got that like choral fucking yeah you no know, choral oh. voice
1: yeah so it's not something that you would hear so much on the radio anymore or even like really past the 80s yeah um but you know it's uh unique for its time and he's certainly a nice voice and there's
0: also like a lot of like i think that nowadays we have a lot of like sing talky mm-hmm. uh artists or we have like the Adele like belt it the fuck out mm-hmm. artist, but there's not really that middle ground, which is kind of what this falls yeah. into, you know, yeah. where like he can have like almost a sing talky verse, but then have a chorus where he's just hitting notes that you're like, wow, mm-hmm. um, and and that sort of I guess difference in a song makes me think musically it's a little bit well, even more the, impressive, the big, you know,
1: the big male voice isn't really. Yeah. A, a thing as much even like if you look in like rock music or indie rock music it's almost a soft softer male voice is yeah kind of the the thing rather than a big powerful um
0: literally matt anderson is like one of the only ones that yeah. we've looked at that i would put into like that big male voice like,
1: yeah and i mean outside of like r and B, R and b there's lots of powerful yeah. male male voices but it's uh certainly for pop music um at least by today's standards it would be different. Yeah. Uh, I know back then there was lots of powerful male voices.
0: There was yeah. I would say okay, so going on with the next one, mm-hmm. lyrics, I would I would I would give lyrics a, a a bit of a higher rating because like there there is like I'm saying higher because the rest of it is going to go downhill yeah. pretty fucking quick. Like I'd say like 7 out of 10 on lyrics. Mm. Uh like I think that there's some lyrics that really do stand out. Uh and I think like but again, they are very dated. Like you know, like oh, well, there's a candle burning. You're just like, like I'll be waiting, yeah, for your love. Uh, you know, like there's like, but uh, at the same time, very dated to that time. And yeah. it was like kind of that transition time too between the seventies and eighties, where mm. the the ballad changed
1: completely. Mm. Um, I would go. I'd say I'd meet. I can go. I'll go a seven on lyrics because I know it's like you said. It's about to go a little. A little more downhill. Yeah. Um, I mean, I want to give him a fair grade, but it's tough sometimes. Like we said before with the rating system, sometimes you can get some skewed. Yeah. Um, and, you know. and also, like,
0: uh, it sucks because I'm like, if, if we were going over, like, Ark of a Diver or uh, a Traffic album mm-hmm. or uh, the album that Higher Love was on, yep. I would probably be inclined to make this, like, an 8 out of 10 album. Mm-hmm. But it, it it's this album, yeah, <laughs> you sure. know? Um, okay, album art. I mean, I can appreciate the guy that made it uh, and his his influence on other, uh, you know, uh, styles, you know? Um, when it comes to, uh, you know, his work with, like, the Ramones and, and Bob Marley and, and, and everything. But that being said, it doesn't... Looking at that album cover i would not pick it up out of a bin unless i knew it was steve
1: winwood the font on the back is horrendous have you ever heard oh of, jesus christ look at the font on the back I that is you're, you're a big very bad you're a big font guy but uh yeah that the font on the back is pretty fucking shit that's like
0: bolded all caps comic sans yeah oh yeah with a with a border on it
1: yeah no no not good no no um interesting album art certainly i don't know if it really suits the tone of the album no whatsoever and Um, it doesn't it's like it's it's eye-catching
0: for the wrong reasons (laughs) you know like i'm like like i didn't even until this week really realize what the album cover looked like because i bought it at a record store and just was like, oh, I like Steve Winwood. <laughs> you <Okay>. know? <laughs> so... Uh, so my,
1: my question is, there's like these eight, like Chinese or Mandarin writing. <laughs> is that not very racist? Oh, Jesus, shit. <laughs> yeah, is that like... They have a very... Um... There's also a very
0: stereotypical, I think, uh, African-American gentleman <laughs> yeah. in the front there. Um, there's a lot of this that is very not... Uh, <laughs> Could be
1: considered uh, racially insensitive. In- insensitive to say the The least. shopkeeper at the Chinese restaurant is very. Uh, um.
0: <laughs> Oof. Okay,
1: so uh, <laughs> two out of ten on Elmart. Yeah, two out, two of, out ten. of ten on Elmart.
0: And then reception. There's
1: a horse.
0: <laughs> reception. They gave it a like. You know, it's it's basically sitting at a three out of ten. Yeah. So yeah, does it hold up? No. No, I mean, the one track does. The but one track. That,
1: that can't carry the whole album. No.
0: So, so I'd, I'd give it, yeah, this is a 5 out of 10. 5 out of 10, it's, yeah. It's right down the middle. I mean, like, I say 5 out of 10 because, like, w- there's one album that we're going to do soon that is 100% a
1: 1. Yeah. and And, you know, like, which is which is nice too to mix in a couple of bad reviews. It, one thing I found tough with guests is guests all love their albums and they're like, "Oh, give it a ten, give it a ten, yeah. give it a 10. It's like you know, I don't think it's all a ten. No, and yeah. and
0: especially like uh uh what I what I think is funny is like I mean the Arkells one I I agreed on. I was yeah. like, yeah, hundred percent. Let's fucking go. Let's go high on this. Like mm-hmm. this is a good album. But then uh, with Casey Musgraves, it was so funny when Jack was like. You know what? It's all going to be 10s. And then the more that we started talking about it, the more his fucking numbers started dipping down. And I was like, we're breaking you. We are breaking you. And you we're are breaking him in. We're breaking you in. You're not going to love it as much now that we've talked about it like this. Mm. We're ruining this but for I you. I love it
1: more now. So it's a 10. I do
0: love it more now, <laughs> it's too. It's 10 honestly. now. It's 10 across the
1: board. I've been, I've been listening to it all fucked up. I'm on. just a dumb store cow, cow girl. girl. Every time Sam gets in my truck, it comes on. <laughs> Oh, I'm ever gonna be. <laughs> Dude, the fucking hair flip there was too cute. Uh, uh, you guys miss out not seeing Sam because Sam makes me laugh so he many is times so during the podcast, uh, and you guys don't get to understand what I'm laughing at. So sucks to suck unless it's the fart, because then they can hear that. Yeah, the fart was legendary. That was pretty fucking. And we're gonna bring it up over and over and over because Sam, Sam turns red like a tomato anytime we bring up the fact that he split his cheeks right on our yeah. fucking show. Yeah. And, and and like and like it. Echoed through the sound case. Yeah, he leaned back. Even the people that were all the way in Los Angeles, they heard it. Yeah, not even
0: through their speakers. It's no, just they like just
1: a... fucking heard it. Yeah, it's like a 4.2 magnitude yeah. earthquake hit, hit Los Angeles. It was uh, shook the building. Yeah, on 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 the on the,
0: the, the 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 seismic scale. Yeah, the, the, the I was trying. Of... I was fucking that up so
1: bad. I'm so sorry. The, you oh. shifted. you You literally shifted the tectonic plates with your ass cheeks (laughs) holy fuck shout out to all the people in turkey and syria
0: (laughs) oh god now we have to have a stinger for that no (laughs) no we're good
1: oh good what it's a turkish breakfast nice ah okay i had turkey on thanksgiving we're all good that's (laughs) yep i my favorite candy is a turkish delight nice (laughs) we don't have to put any fucking spoilers this episode spoilers any warnings (laughs) any warnings yeah i think we're fine i mean we
0: should probably give one to uh steve winwood if he listens
1: yeah steve oh i forgot
0: to mention this because like it, it happened in between our recordings um I got a fucking Valentine's Day card from John Oates. <laughs> I got of a Hall and Oats of Hall and Oats. Nice. I got a fucking Valentine's Day card from John Oates, and it's it's uh it's a, a handwritten postcard that mm. was, but it was so funny because uh, uh his Instagram was like, "I'll send out Valentine's Day cards if anyone
1: wants one." Speaking of Hall and Oats, you got fucking shit on Uh, we're
0: not talking about that until we get the until we do that episode which (laughs) leads me to my next point we need to have everybody tweet out at John Oates to see if he'll come on no yes
1: no we'll just pin him up privately
0: tweet at John Oates let's message
1: I'll message Daryl Hall I feel like Oates is probably gonna be more likely to Uh, do it he's got the better mustache
0: he does and he also uh well he's the only one with a mustache true uh he's also got the better hair Mm-hmm. He also kind of looks like Bubba Booey from The Howard Stern Show. <laughs> Bubba Booey. Bubba Booey. Bubba Booey. Bubba Booey. Yeah, yeah.
1: so, <laughs> this is a clue up the podcast, lately. I saw a nice clip of Beetlejuice today. <laughs> and it was like, it cost me $5,000. Why? It cost me $3,000. Why? It cost me $4,000. Why, Beetlejuice? He's like, it cost me $2,000. <laughs> They're like, oh, why? <laughs> I'll send that to you, Sam, and you can end the podcast with that clip. I love that. Man. All right. Well, uh, it Thank cost you me so much.
0: Thank you so much for listening. Uh we said five Gosh, out of ten. Five out of ten. Yeah. yeah. Uh all right. Thank you so much for listening to Misfits on Vinyl. Like I said, I'm gonna be an Infirmary May thirteenth, get your tickets. Uh this is a fun one. Yeah, it was all a good right. episode today. Uh anal contusions.
1: Thank you for listening to this episode of Misfits on Vinyl, hosted by Spencer Strykert and me, Aaron Walsh, and, of course, produced by Sam Sam the Tech Man, Sam Lindsay. If you like us, please rate us, subscribe to us, share us. Our socials are Misfits on Vinyl podcast on Instagram and TikTok. If you want to send us an email with any suggestions or criticisms, (laughs) uh, we love that shit, so send it away. It's MisfitsOnVinyl at gmail.com. We love you guys. Thank you.